Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, it is so good to be back with you. Yeah, I'm uh, excited today because it's I love uh, succession planning, estate planning, uh, working with business owners, and we're talking about our Pathfinder today. So I'm I'm excited about the topic. Yeah, me too. The, the, the Pathfinder we're going to get into in just a minute, but I know your heart. I know that you know through working with you over these last couple of years on all these podcasts, all this educational material that you're putting out. You get super passionate about succession planning, and I think it's just that overwhelming desire to watch somebody go into that next stage of their life and the joy that you you see on people's faces when they know that they have a firm plan. Yeah, and part of it, before we get into it, part of my passion for it goes back to really when I first started in the business, and I was fortunate enough to work with my father-in-law, who's an Mm -hmm. electrical contractor, and he's starting the process. He was early 60s, and unfortunately, he passed passed young at age 63 mm. in the middle of the process. And I, I think one of the things I took away from that is you can't start too early and yeah. everyone needs to be thinking about it. So I, I really do feel like I want to help entrepreneur business owners just always be prepared to exit whenever they want on their terms. Yeah, absolutely. And for the listening audience, I want you to know that, that Tim is providing a resource. It is actually, it's a beautiful document and it's it's a downloadable PDF that's going to be available on uh, the website, and Tim can kind of give you more information about that at the end, but we are going to put a link in the show notes where you could just click on that link, head right to the website, and download this. It's a direct link to the to the PDF itself, and, and Tim will explain a little bit more about what this PDF is, what this Exit Pathfinder document is. So that's one way to get it. The other way to get it is actually even better because it gives you an opportunity after you listen to this show, we're going to give you another way to, to receive this document where you can actually also get some one-on-one time with Tim if you have questions about what you hear today. So stay tuned for that. So Tim, why don't you explain what the Pathfinder is? So the Pathfinder is a, when they when someone downloads or asks us requests for the, the document, they'll see, but it's, it's a, a visual path that we take people through to help them with the exit planning process. One of the things I find is business owners, entrepreneurs, they spend all their time and energy serving their clients, delivering on time, under budget, providing for their employees, their team, their family, but very rarely do they step back and really say, how am I going to get this business and help it convert? How can I convert the value of this business out at some point on my terms when I want at the highest value so that my my family can be provided for? So this Pathfinder is something, is a flow that uh, process that we walk people through. And what I thought I'd do today, Eric, is kind of give you an example of a client we we did this with. And actually, this is a client that I I worked on for several years. I still work with, but this process took a while because as it always does, but I thought I would do that today. So this is a real life case study. Yes, real life. But of course, I've changed the names to protect the innocent and uh, also to keep compliance very happy <laughs> so, All right. and to keep confidentiality. So I've That's changed right. a few names and I mean, there are no names, I should say. Yeah. All right. No names. Let's do this. No I'm, I'm excited to hear how this went. So I started working with this individual. Actually, I, I, I met him when I was in high school. I, I worked hmm. at one of his, 
at, at his mall. He had a, a couple of stores selling food at different uh, mall, like food courts. And mm -hmm. um, I worked for him, helped me get through college, get through high school. And he was originally in real estate management, shopping mall management, ended up opening some food court stores and built a kind of a business where he ended up having 17 different stores at different malls. And he was super, very number orientated, which probably just is what appealed to me, you know, because I'm a recovering accountant. And I'll just give you a quick story. When I first was married about a year, my wife and I were thinking of opening up an ice cream, 31 flavors, you know, Baskin Robbins in yeah. the mall. And I went to him and I said, this is what we're thinking. This is the mall we're thinking about. And he said, okay, stand out in front of the store with a clicker and just click and how many people walk by, how many people go in and just do that two Saturdays in a row for two hours each time. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I went back with the results and he's like, ah, you'll lose your shirt. Don't do it. Wow. Um, I mean, he was, he was just such a sharp person and I, and he became a mentor and I just, so I think of him when I talk about this story and his family so fondly because he, he had such an impact on my life in addition, and I was grateful to be part of the, the planning process with mm -hmm. him. Yeah. It, 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 I'm, I'm interested to hear more about how this relationship developed because I'm sure he was probably, it was probably pretty interesting to him that this young kid who worked for him in his food court all these years later is helping him to move on to that next stage of his life. Exactly. So it was probably four or five years out of college working as a CPA and a certified financial planner. And I was working with him. And so he had some unique situations, but I call them unique. But what I find years later from working with dozens and dozens of businesses that it's pretty, pretty common. So mm -hmm. there were five kids, three boys or three boys, two girls, and the girls were in the business. The boys were not. So that always creates this issue where I find that perception is more important than reality. If you're in the business, you're the one doing all the work. Why should we share? And it's not always like this, but, and then if we're out of the business, is that fair that we're not in it? So he had all kinds of issues related to how do I treat the children who are in the business fairly and equally, and at the same time, do the same with the children who are not. Yeah. So that, that was a, I mentioned that because we th always think of this as financial planning as numbers, but we really had to work through all that, the emotional part of it before anything could happen. And one of the things that we decided to do was, and this was the very first time I did it, and I've done it a number of times since, is we had a big family meeting. Mm -hmm. And the, the parents were there, the kids were there, the ones who were in the business, the ones who were out. I had meetings with all of them before. And what we really talked about was, here's where everyone's at, here's the goals we think that the people inside and outside have, and more importantly, the family, the, the founders, the, the parents have. And then it was a starting point for conversations about what to do from there. So yeah. I always talk, and you've, you've heard me say, Eric, that you know, this, this process takes a long time. You know, I've been working on my succession plan since 2014. It's, it takes a long time because of the emotional parts of it, especially with the founders creating their, it's their baby, creating their mm -hmm. legacy. And um, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of issues that you have to go through. Yeah. And it's, it's, and we've spoken about this in brief quantities on, on previous podcasts, but one of the things that stuck out to me is, is when you have multiple kids, there, there can be a lot of emotion. Like you said, some of the children were in the business, some weren't, but it, 
taking as an example, and I don't know these children, you do, but what if one of the children was a school teacher? Or what if one of the children worked for a nonprofit and those people that work in nonprofit and also teachers, we know they don't get paid well. They're sacrificing a lot to work with children or they're sacrificing a lot to work with an audience, maybe homeless people in, in, a, in a nonprofit. And therefore, they're not going to be in the business because they're serving a, a different population. And that's a beautiful thing. And so it gets back to that thing that you've said before, fair versus equal when it's succession planning time. And that, that can be really tough. It, it can be. And so if you think about the, the primary interest initially, is, or it should always be, I think, is how much cash flow is there now and going forward? Mm-hmm. And will it support the fam- the parents, the founders? And that's number one. And then number two is how do we protect the children if there are children in the business because they're the ones working hard and generating the value of the business and then also how do we make it so that they don't they the people not the kids not in the business can at some point in the future receive value but at the same t- time don't always look for the business for cash flow that they like give me some dividends things like that it's it's a real it, it happens with almost every family business i've ever worked with and what happens in this case, and I think since then I've worked with a lot of farmers in Northwest Indiana, and what I think is unique about farming, which is similar to this case, is that typically a, a farmland can support some of the kids, but cannot possibly support all the kids. And it's mm-hmm. just a real struggle yeah. to figure out, well, then how do we do that? Because just like a business, like he created this business with 17 stores, some performing well, some not. And it's like, that's his legacy. It, you you want to protect that, but at the same time, there's all these complicating factors within the family. So yeah. I, I find that he was like a lot of maybe business owners in, in the audience where he was f- focusing most of his time and energy on serving his clients, employees, thinking about his kids. He was working a ton of hours. He was getting into his you know mid to late 60s. He wasn't mm-hmm. really maintaining his health. And one of his biggest things that was paralyzing him and preventing him from moving forward was this fair versus equal, how do we treat the kids eventually when he was gone? So we walked through this exit plan, exit path process, and it took about two years, a number of family meetings where you're identifying, here's where you as the parents, the founders are, here's where you need to be, Mm. here's where the kids are, here's where you're, you're telling me you want them to be. And, and that takes a long time. And then once we identify where you're at, what where the, you want everyone to be, there's and where the gaps are, we can implement some strategies. And so about two and a half, maybe almost three years later, we, we did implement a plan. And instead of focusing all of his time and energy on the kids, the employees, et cetera, he really was able to transition out uh, over time and spend more time with his grandkids and, and more importantly on his health. And I think... What I find, what I, what I value even more was instead of the business really owning him, because I find a lot of business owners love what they do, but but they end up feeling trapped. Like, how do I get out? He was able to control much more of his time because we had a process, we had a team, we, we helped him organize a, a better team at the company to take over. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And then, then really, one of the other key things is it's hard for business owners to really understand what their business is worth. And how that value will translate into income and cash flow when they retire. Yeah. So instead of not really knowing that, we valued the business, we created a process, and he had a lot of confidence because you need confidence to really end up 
walking off the diving board or, or walking off yeah. and saying, yes, I can exit, I can spend time and I'm not gonna outlive my money. So it was a long process, but this found that the, this exit roadmap really helped out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as a business owner, I, I can imagine building this, and I don't wanna use this term too loosely, but your empire, I mean, 17, I think is what you said, 17 different locations or stores. Yeah. That, that to me is an empire. I mean, that, that, that's a good size overall business. And you, you want to have guarantees that it's gonna continue in the future and it's gonna provide for you in the future or however you're gonna do the succession plan. But there is no guarantee like that, right? I mean, you don't know what, I mean, COVID, right? We didn't know COVID was going to hit. We didn't, we don't, we never know what's around the corner. We can only do the best planning possible. I know that that's why you look at, you know, look at things from every possible angle, worst case scenario, best case scenario. How do you help them understand that you have, number one, you have to look at all those scenarios, right? And then number two, make it so they don't feel like, oh man, it's going to be the worst case scenario because I mean, that's just the gloom and doom of us. No, oh, absolutely. And one of the unique things about, I think, entrepreneur business owners is, you know, they don't consider what they do work. They don't think of normal retirement, like I can't wait to age 65 and go sit on a beach. And so we always focus on something we call work optional so that mm -hmm. they have the option to step back or they have the option to step out and be prepared for that. So when we walk through the exit path, path with this client in particular, I could just, I'll just give you a little overview of kind of the process we took okay. and, and what, we, what the results were. So the first step is always this discovery process. And like I said, this, this took a while because typically you're, you're pulling out from the founder, the patriarch, a lot of emotional baggage, I should say. So, but we found out after a while that like, look, the father wanted to retire. His wife definitely wanted him to retire. Mm -hmm. Wanted to be more active with the kids and in particular with the grandkids. And there was a concern that some of the kids in the business were stepping up, some weren't. So we've talked a little bit in the past about bringing in consultants, which we did about, are the right people in the right chairs? So parents, and I'm guilty of this, I look at my kids and I think, ah, they're perfect or, or they're not perfect. Or, mm -hmm. But sometimes in a business where you might have your one son in sales who should be in operations, or daughter in marketing where they should be maybe the CFO, let's say. Mm -hmm. We needed an objective person to come in and say, look, we, we need to restructure this. I've even had cases, a separate case, where some one of the kids who was not in the business, like we need to bring that person in because they have the skill sets you need. Hmm. So we did that. So often, so in this case, the, the active kids wanted more control. They wanted more control over their destiny who were the ones who were in the business. The non-active children wanted cash flow. <laughs> yeah. Which, and we had to say, unfortunately, this business didn't support that. And they had to really make some tough decisions and tough announcements, I, you know, even about this stuff has to stop and we need to treat it more like a business. And for mm -hmm. there to be anything down the road and we're gone, we really need to change how we're doing things now. So you can imagine how, how those family meetings, yeah. they, were, they, were, they were tough. I got to tell you, they were tough. And the other thing is he really wanted, the father really wanted to he was on a board of a local hospital and he really wanted to commit more time to that. That was his passion. So we were trying to get him to that point, which we eventually did, but it took a long time. Yeah. So when you say you bring in outside consultants, is that part of the family meeting process where you have somebody that can help rough or smooth over those rough spots, right? I mean, I mean, I don't think any kid likes to hear, hey, by the way, 
<laughs> the yeah. cash flow that, that's been coming in, we're going to need to slow that down or stop that all together to get this back on track or what, whatever it is. Exactly. No, we we definitely, I am not qualified to mediate or moderate or, or mm-hmm. you know, do some of these meetings. In fact, I always recommend they they bring somebody in and oftentimes, you know, with the virtual family office kind of process or philosophy we have, we'll go out and screen and identify and then bring two or three to the client and say, these are the ones we think might work. You know, Got you it. pick ones that you're comfortable with. And that's nice. what we did in this case too. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, is this also something, because uh, I know you, you've spoken about different ways and different places to have this. Is this an offsite thing? Are you not doing it in the home? Are you doing someplace neutral, not in the business? Yeah, we def- we did this offsite. I, th- I think, first of all, most homes are, are not like physically equipped to have mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but also there's comfort zones for different people. And then there's some kids who just don't want to be there. Yeah. So the home is just so emotional. It, you typically, I think, my, my opinion anyway, is that you want to have it in a, a neutral spot. So in this case, we did it at a country club, rented a room, had food. Everything was just more, much more casual. Yeah. There's so many things to consider when you're putting this together. I mean, that's, I know that's why you do a questionnaire. That's why you, you do a ton of research into how the family may react and how the, 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 your client specifically is going to feel most comfortable. That's a lot that you're, you're putting together. It is. And then, you know, so when we finished the discovery process, so we all agreed this is where we're at. And then you have to go through this whole second process of, well, where do you want to be and, and what do you actually need? So what after-tax cash flow each month do you need deposited into your checking account, mm-hmm. for example? What are some of the plans you have for travel, for gifting, for estate planning? So you go through this process to come up with what, what's the value of the company. So we you go out and you do a valuation. You could either do a formal one uh, with a CPA who's also like a certified valuation expert, or you can do an informal one. But either way, you need to know you know what it's worth. You got to bring the attorneys and the CPAs in, into it. You mm-hmm. got to bring the bankers involved because if there's debt or if they're bank financing, they certainly have to be on board. So the second step is really okay. You told us we know where you're at. Now let's talk about where you want to be. In this case. There was a couple of really unproductive stores that due to history, you know, like this is one of my first stores I opened. This is one of the my favorite stores, but they weren't really making money. And when you allowed some of the active kids to step up and say, we really need to restructure how this is working in, in investing in technologies, that was, that was one of the biggest takeaways from that, hmm. you know, where do we need to be step and where the gaps are. So that, that was a, that whole process there took it, about a year and a half just to say, here's where we're at, here's where we want to be, here are the gaps, and then let's get together with the family and really start choosing a strategy and a path. And mm. that's kind of where we went next. Okay, so tell me about that. So once we knew the value, once we knew, you know, this is this is typical where you you have to look at all your options. So do I want my kids to to take over and then have, you know, the, so there's, there's two in the business, three not. Do I, you know, how do I treat them fairly? Or do, in this case, we approached, um, a couple of these were franchises. So we approached the, the franchise and said, what would you pay to buy this? So maybe it's more fair for the three who are not in the business long term. Maybe it's better for the owners to sell. And then 
the, the two who are in the business, they could continue to manage if the franchise bought it, et cetera. Talk to a private equity firm because this was a pretty good sized company. It turns out that that wasn't a good path. We looked at an ESOP, that wasn't a good path. So we tried to look at all the different strategies on this exit path process. And in the end, what they determined was it, it made the most sense for the parents, it made the most sense for the family that the kids who were involved in the business continue to manage it and grow it. And at the same time, we figured out a way to let the non-active kids in the business participate in some sort of cash flow. To, to And then on the back end, ultimately, like there was some key man life insurance, there was some there was a buy-sell agreement um, and some business continuation planning that we were able to implement for them that really made everyone happy in the end. And that was years and years ago. So Eric, this was an instance where it all worked out. So the clients have since passed several years ago. The business did transition. I think the family is happy. They mm -hmm. were happy with how the process worked out during the, during the client's life and, and subsequently. And it's just one of the things that really makes me happy as I see this because I've seen instances where the planning isn't done, where I get called in maybe yeah. too late or after the fact. And it just, it, it, it's never good, really expensive. Very few people are happy. And if you, if you just went through and did the work up front and you follow a process like this, where you, 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 know, you identify where you wanna be, where you are, where are the gaps, and then get all the advisors involved. You know, the, the CPA, the attorney, the bankers, the trust officers, your wealth managers, and then look at all the strategies because there are a lot of there's a lot of different strategies. But this is a, one of my favorites because I, I watched the whole process and it really worked out great. Yeah. And, and for the audience's benefit, because I know the answer to this, you've, you've spoken about it before. But if somebody's new to this podcast, one of the things that you've spoken about on previous podcasts is, is helping to organize and get all those different professionals to the table and working together. And one of the things that you've also reiterated, and I want to make sure the audience knows, is that you don't force your connections on anybody. You work with a, a, a large number of professionals. So if somebody doesn't have a good insurance agent or a banker that they've been working with or a CPA that they've been working with, I know that you're connected to a, a lot of people, but your goal, from my understanding, is to, to bring their CPA, the people that they've already been working with, to the table and get everybody to basically cooperate toward this one goal, correct? Th that's absolutely right. My hope is that when I'm meeting with the client, that they have an A-plus team already. And I want to work with all of them, the CPA, the attorney, the banker, et cetera. Oftentimes, there might be gaps where maybe mm -hmm. they just don't have the best, uh, most proactive CPA. So, for example, in 2019, I literally went out and I interviewed 19 CPA firms or CPAs wow. in Northwest Indiana. And my goal really was to, to identify where their market is, what their specialty is, are they proactive, are they responsive, so that I could refer clients to CPAs if they need if I needed and I'll be frank there was four that that I ended up selecting as you know mm. good and and the other fifteen weren't bad it's just that oftentimes they're full they're they're saying I don't need any more business or yeah you know where we're at there's a number of practices where the the professionals are older they're ready to retire and they're really not taking on new business so yeah. it wasn't that they were not good it's just that they weren't. They weren't responsive and they weren't really keeping current. So or, yeah. yes, we're always trying to find the A plus team for our clients. That's fantastic. 
All right, anything else with this story or any other information that we need to pass on to the audience today? I think the what I just like to leave the audience with is that I do this every day. I work with business owners every day. This is what I do. And I help them get to a point where work is optional, where they can step back if they want or step out on their terms, make smart decisions about their money. Mm-hmm. And so if there's anyone out there who is interested, the next step is to, you can email me at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. And what we offer is a one hour free, what we call work optional meeting. And what I can tell you, Eric, is after that meeting, you'll get a clear picture of kind of what your, you tell me your work optional life looks like. You get a clear picture of any gaps between where you are today and where that optional work life is. And then I, we typically have two to three strategies. So as a worst case, you're gonna walk away with two to three strategies that you could either take to your current advisor team or hopefully you know, work with us. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And and actually, Tim beat me to the punch here. The other way to get this resource, this downloadable PDF, is to actually just email Tim at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com. And the main reason to use that one is if you have a question from something that you heard today, uh, maybe you have a question about your specific situation, or maybe you're, you're a child or grandchild listening to this, that your, your grandfather or grandmother uh, or mom and dad have created a business and they've been talking about it, but haven't really done anything about it. Maybe you have some questions for Tim and can help get him involved in, in helping your family. Uh, that would be a big thing. So tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com is how you can email him any questions you have. And of course, he'll just send you the the PDF so you can take a look at it. Tim, thank you so much for your time. Uh, It's always a pleasure. I love the heart that you have for your clients and for business owners. And I hope that people listening to this reach out and reach out quickly because like you said, it's never too early to start, but there is a point where it's going to be too late. Yeah, I mean, if you if you wait, that's just an extra year where you're not seeing your grandkids or taking that cruise. Once we can do cruises again, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, Tim, again, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealthstream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealthstream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 